What's happening? We'll tell you right now on This Week in Cannabis News. David Wiley from the OZ joining me as usual for This Week in Cannabis News. Check out uh, the uh, Wicked website at okanaganz.com slash OZ. You can get the weekly newsletter as well, and you can follow them on Twitter at okanaganz and at Wiley Writer. David, congratulations on the beautiful new website. Hey, thanks a lot. The, uh, the overhaul has been uh, in process for a long time, but uh, yeah, we've got the the, the new fresh looking site up and I'm really proud of it. Yeah, it looks absolutely gorgeous. Should make anyone want to come out and uh, uh, smoke a joint in the mountains or something like that because uh, (laughs) the views are gorgeous uh, and the information is excellent as well. And some of the information we're going to talk about this week is, um, is good advice. Uh, and then there's some common sense advice that we'll talk about later when it comes to kids and, and cannabis and, and edibles in particular. But the advice that Seth Rogen gives, I'm usually, you know, what would Seth do is what I kind of ask myself in certain situations. And in this case, he's getting praised <laughs> uh, from uh, some politicians in BC for his advice. He sure is. Seth uh, Rogen does stay in character. Um so I'll give you some background. Of course, we all know that we're in the midst of this COVID-19 pandemic. Well, our premier here in BC, John Horgan, has been giving these, uh, uh, well, sorry, in BC, they've been doing these these daily briefings. And it came out um, at his own conference that he had asked for Ryan Reynolds and Seth Rogen to give a little bit of advice uh, and try to use their influence really, to keep people at home uh, and make some smart decisions. We've been seeing a bit of an uptick here in BC, so it's t- it was time to bring out that star power. And uh, Ryan Reynolds, uh, we love him out here. He delivered first in classic fashion. He asked people, please, not to kill his mom, who lives in BC, right? because um, he's always got to have that dark humor. And, uh, you know, Seth Rogen following up in full character, he tweeted out, people of British Columbia, please do not go out to parties and barbecues and other large gatherings. The COVID is still out there. It's more fun to hang out alone and smoke weed and watch movies and TV shows anyway. Do that instead. Thank you. Uh, so good on to Seth and good on to Premier Horgan, who came out after that uh, retweeting what Seth uh, tweeted out and saying that his message was on point. And then linking to our Dr. Bonnie Henry's website out here, Dr. Bonnie Henry's Good Times Guide, <laughs> that basically encourages people not to pass around drinks, smoke, toke, and vape. So uh, you, Seth Rogen and the BC government, whoever would have thought it, working together in order to get people to stay home and smoke weed. Yeah, what a time uh, to be alive. Thankfully, um, you know, we are because there's unfortunately a lot of people who aren't and and what a time to be uh seeing a premier of a province uh <laughs> you know praising the suggestion of uh cannabis use it is just uh it is like two worlds colliding i never thought i would see and and it is good advice now there are some people that were saying yeah you stay at home and use the cannabis but maybe you should avoid smoking right now there are, you know, I, I I really do feel like a hero for staying home and getting high. Um, <laughs> and you, there are all kinds of different ways to do it. You don't necessarily have to smoke. 
Uh, you can also uh, dry or vape, which is a little easier on the lungs. Uh, but, you know, there's a whole slew of drinks and chocolates and mints and teas. And, you know, we have endless variety here. And, uh, and what a, like you said, what a time to be alive, my friend. Yeah, no doubt. And maybe uh, the news when it comes to cannabis and legalization to our neighbors to the south, uh, I think gets a little bit better uh, with the uh, the appointment of uh, the first African Indian American Indian American woman uh, to run for vice president, and that's uh, Kamala Harris. You know, we've talked about uh, the the swaying political landscape in the U.S. before as far as legalization, and sometimes it takes a blow. And this is an uptick for that uh, for that cause. If you're for that cause. Well, the, the U.S. may have its very first weed veep, yes. and wouldn't that be great? Yeah, Senator Harris, she's breaking uh, racial and gender barriers in the U.S. and also breaking cannabis barriers. Uh, you know, there there is certainly a bit of a complicated history here with her and cannabis. Uh, she's taken some heat in the past for not uh, for not supporting it, but over the last few years, she seems to have really firmly entrenched her position. And it's very clear. She's the lead Senate sponsor of the Marijuana Opportunity Reinvestment and Expungement Act, also known as MORE. And that seeks to end federal prohibition of cannabis and also provides inducements for states to expunge the records of those with past convictions. Um, you know, she is also has also sponsored the Marijuana Justice Act uh, and the State Banking Act. And that protects banks supporting um, cannabis businesses from mm-hmm. federal penalties uh, because it's a very complicated time in the U.S. when it comes to cannabis. Federally, it is a very illegal, um, but certain states, a lot of states, in fact, have opened up uh, the medical sale of cannabis and, you know, a smaller number of states have opened it up for recreational sale. But there's always that concern that they're going to face getting their wrists slapped on a federal level. Uh, and this state banking act that uh, that Harris is sponsoring is also very important. We know from the process of legalization in Canada that it was extremely difficult for uh, entrepreneurs in the field to get any kind of funding mm-hmm. because the banks just would not lend to anyone in the cannabis sector. Uh, it's still a bit of a challenge, but we're moving in the right way here. And these kinds of legislative acts across the border really do set the stage for things to change in that country. It it really is, and and I'm glad you you brought up and referenced Canada because, uh, like you said, I think it has gotten a little bit better, but there's still a long ways to go. And and I think um, you know, as far as some of the heat that she's taken, we've talked about some people that were on the other side of cannabis uh, when it came to law enforcement, and then all of a sudden just decided to get into the cannabis industry. I think that's a little bit disingenuine. Where from what I've read with Senator. Harris is that you know she's kind of this is not a political move but more that an, an educated move after being educated about the plant and and a lot of people are that way I think it's hard to go from strict law enforcement throwing people in jail for a long time to being uh, on the board of a cannabis company I think it's a little bit different than you know changing your opinion and 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 voicing your um, I guess support for decriminalization I think there's a big difference there I think so too. There is a big difference. Uh, 
you know, one of the big things with the U.S. too, I've said it before and I'll say it again, is that it amazes me to no end that uh, America loves its freedom. And yet they still tolerate people being thrown in jail yes. uh, over cannabis. So there's a disconnect there that really needs to be fixed. Yeah. And something else that needs to be fixed, uh, you know, when it comes to, I don't care where you live. I don't care if you live in uh, the North Pole or you live in uh, Edmonton, Alberta, or you live in California and you have kids, keep it away from them. Um, lock it away. There are so many products that are out there. Uh, I, I, I don't even have kids. And, and I bought a uh, locking product where I have a combination that I can put on it because sometimes we do go to friends' houses and I take my cannabis with it and I want to make sure that the teenagers that live at those places aren't <laughs> getting into it. And and listen, these people, the, these cannabis users that are leaving their edibles in particular out are unfortunately sending kids to hospital and nobody wants any child to get near any kind of cannabis. This is just common sense 101, David. Absolutely. We said it before, and we'll say it again. Just keep your weed away from your kids. Health Canada came out recently and said that there have been 15 kids under 12 years old who have gotten extremely sick since legalization. Um, you know, that's, that's over the course of uh, almost two years now. So when you look at the, the number, it does seem low. But these are some pretty serious cases. And nobody wants to make their kids or anyone else's kids by accidentally you know, leaving your edibles in a freezer where they're accessible, um, you know, or just out in the open, chocolate sitting around. Kids will grab those kinds of things. Uh, so it's really important to, to lock it up. Um, you know, one of, one of the suggestions that we put out, because we talked about this on the OZ a few times now, uh, the, the Easiest way to do it is to get one of those old red toolboxes that everyone's seen in a padlock. You can throw your product in there, lock it up, and no one's getting into it. And it looks cool. I mean, you put that thing anywhere, and it's just nice to have around. Um, I do want to add a little bit of context to this, too. Like, let's give credit where it's due. And it seems to me that the vast majority of parents are keeping it safe. Because we're still only talking about, you know, 15 kids here over the course of a long period of time. So to add some context to that, since we've seen an uptick in use in hand sanitizer, the BC Poison Control Center recently warned parents that there was an average of seven calls per week of kids that were drinking hand sanitizer wow. and getting very ill. A week just in BC. So, you know, I'd say that we can give ourselves at least a little pat on the back that we're doing pretty good in being responsible responsible about this. Yeah, the majority of the people are being responsible. And, it, like, it, it's not hard. You can go to a cannabis shop and buy these cases. They're out there. Or you can go get your toolbox. It's not that difficult. Now, I, I also want to add in that some of the articles that I read, and not your article, but some of the articles I read on this were using pictures of illegal cannabis products. I mean, the, some of the pictures in the articles and what they were referencing to, you do not get in a retail store. You cannot buy something that looks like a teddy bear in a retail store. If you have something that looks like a teddy bear and your kid gets it, 
that's an illegal product. And if you would have picked up the same equivalent at a retail store, it would be in a package that would be less attractive. And now, while I still think the regulations are a little bit uh, strict, um, I, I just want to point that out. A lot of the pictures I saw in some of these articles were using illegal products, which is kind of defeats the purpose of, you know, can't you still want to lock up all your cannabis, but if, if you if you don't want it to look like a teddy bear, buy it from a retail store. You're so right. We've knocked Health Canada a bunch of times over the strict regulations. You know, but when it comes to keeping kids out of products uh, and making sure that the doses are still, you know, really too low to cause major damage, mm-hmm. um, they've done a, a real good job. Yeah, and as uh, as you mentioned earlier, it's the the uh, the minority. All right, let's finish with uh, this story and. Um, this is uh, this came out uh, earlier this summer. Ranking the provinces, the top, uh, I guess, I guess, going from ten to one. And man, I'm I'm uh, ashamed that my you know birth province is ranked number ten. The worst on this list is Manitoba. Oh man, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, I'm from Ontario, and we're in the middle of the pack. Um, but, you know, the, the provinces that we've moved to, Dean, they're doing mm-hmm. pretty good. So the group, the growth op ranked uh, what it believes to be Canada's friendliest provinces um, from worst to best. So, like you said, their number 10 was Manitoba. And the big issue there is that the public use is prohibited um, and home growing is reserved for medical cannabis users. Uh, if that's not enough, I mean, there's a little bit of insult to injury here with StatsCan uh, reporting that you may have been paying the highest prices across Canada mm-hmm. for, your, for your product. Uh, number nine, we've got Quebec in there, and that's no real surprise. I mean, <laughs> they have sales of cannabis restricted to people who are 21 and older. Um, home growing is forbidden. Yeah, I'm surprised that they didn't rank Quebec as yeah. number 10 myself. Me too. Um, you know, in the middle, you have got Saskatchewan at number eight, Prince Edward Island at number seven, Nova Scotia at number six, uh, Ontario, as I said, number five. And, you know, Canada's most populous province here. At least they're breaking the top five, so that's good. They did stumble out of the legalization gate with that awful lottery idea, um, and that's just causing problems as we go on now with retailers who won the lottery just selling anyway, turned into a... Uh, just a terrible broken system, but at least they've done away with it. Um, num- number four, New Brunswick. Basically, they called them underwhelming. Number three, British Columbia. My province, you'd think that BC would be number one, but uh, you know, the, the part of the problem with BC here in the legal market is that the, the, the legacy market continues to undercut legal businesses. So we just have a burdening um, culture here. And, you know, so in, in some cases, depending on your perspective, maybe that is number one for some people out there. Number two is Alberta. And my goodness, Alberta's just done an amazing job. They have uh, more retail stores open than any other province. It's more than 400 and counting. And they really emerged as a powerhouse right out the gate with that private sector participation. Um and, you know, they, they're the only province, too, in Canada that makes it accessible to people who are 18. So lowest lowest legal age out there in Alberta. Uh, and the number one, we could argue over this, uh, is 
Newfoundland and Labrador. And basically, they're saying that it could just come down to the fact that they're the easternmost province, and thanks to their time zone, they're the first one to actually make a sale in Canada. Yeah, that's, uh, I don't know, that seems kind of a strange reason to to put them number one. I, you know, I guess when you look at per capita, I agree with you. I think Alberta, uh, you know, some of the early store owners might not agree because they thought there was going to be a, a cap, but uh, I don't know if there will ever be a cap. When I when I first moved to Alberta, they said uh, two things about Alberta. There's a church and a liquor store in every corner, and, and you might be adding <laughs> cannabis uh, to, that, uh, to that equation as well. So the thing I found is Saskatchewan is ranked really, low and yet i've heard really good things about the saskatchewan market and um there's there's some sort of um uh not maybe like a co-op or something that you can go on and find some of the uh, the better pricing so i'm I'm a little bit surprised saskatchewan is down because i have heard really good things and as i make my way back to manitoba in the next little while i'm looking forward to stopping at a few places in saskatchewan and and just checking it out but it's an interesting list and um you know no surprise when you look at the uh the the top three that alberta and bc would be in there i mean ontario uh, by population is um you know the the leader but alberta and bc seem to be you know cannabis central in canada they sure are they've got uh just a, a lot of success happening out here. And uh, I was surprised at Nova Scotia being in at number six. I felt like it probably should have been a little bit higher. Um, early on in legalization, to everyone's surprise, Nova Scotia was actually number one <laughs> in per capita cannabis enthusiasts. And uh, that's just unexpected. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Um, the the sometimes the surprises that you do get. Uh, the one thing I will say uh, when it comes to Alberta, and while they are ranked number two, and and maybe they're talking about retail. Um, Alberta is, has some of the worst taxes when it comes to cannabis. So there are certainly some drawbacks about uh, doing business in this province. And while it is probably the busiest, um, you also do pay um, some of the highest taxes, but. I guess that's the price of business, and, and that's what happens when you let every province decide it individually, right? Yeah, absolutely. It does create uh, those differences among provinces, change the feel across the country. Um, you know, it's, it is absolutely an interesting list, and uh, uh, you know, we'll see how it develops over the years. Yeah, yeah it'd be interesting to look back at this. It's like a um, looking at past draft years in sports and we can look at how cannabis has changed across the country um, over the next years. It'll be a, kind of an interesting study. David, as always, it's been a pleasure. Uh, you can get an ounce of info at the OZ. Uh, you can check it out at okanaganz.com. Beautiful new website. Every time I look at this, it makes me want to book a plane ticket out there. So <laughs> I might be knocking on your door at some point. But anyway, enjoy the sunshine. I'd and thank you. Have you. Thank you so much for joining us again this week, David. Thanks, Pete.